It's episode 113 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting with the co-creator of the Revolve One podcast. She's also one of the founders of the Poetry Night at the Exchange, and she's also the Her 2019 finalist for The Bin Magazine. I'm talking about Crystal Garcia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much again, Brittany. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I can't think of a better way to spend Friday nights. Typically, I'm already on the couch vegging out and would probably be asleep in about an hour and a half. So you are a <laughs> highlight for sure. And that, that shows my age, definitely. Hey, living your best life. It really, right? Relaxing on the couch? Yeah. Thank you. I also want to thank you for being, I think you're the first Zoom guest to voluntarily take a shot with me. So let's do it, my friend. Oh, yeah. I love good traditions. Yeah. Let's do it. Cheers. <laughs> to Crystal. To ladies. Woo. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Refreshing. Refreshing. What kind of tequila are you drinking? It's actually called Luna Azul. Okay. And it is amazing because it's like a Blanco tequila, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. it has like that like it has a bite of the tequila, of course, but it has like a subtle like vanilla pepperiness that Ooh. is just like, it's so good. I would definitely try it. Okay, that's going to be... Too. I mean, it's not pricey at all. So yeah, I'm here for that. Here, good, look, me... good tequila that's not going to break the bank. I'm all for it. Okay, it's Luna beautiful. Azul. It's... It is really pretty. Luna Azul. Right yeah. on. It's amazing. Noted, because I'm, I'm in the market for a new one. I've been drinking the same one oh, for yeah. months and I really like it, but I, th- I think it's just time to switch it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hear you there. So, Crystal, I was telling you before I started recording that I learned about you and y'all's podcast through the Bin Magazine. I'm so grateful for it. And I wish I had learned about you guys sooner because y'all have been doing this since 2018, right? Yes. Well, actually, with the podcast, we we had started like having the idea of the creating this podcast in 2016 around the election year um, because of all the, you know, divisiveness and the chaos that comes with, you know, not just an election year, but unfortunately with our political leaders, Mm -hmm. um, you know, their attitudes and the the defamation and all that. We weren't, it was just, we were appalled, honestly. So we thought about, you know, doing something the exact opposite of that, which is, you know, bringing people together, different ideas, you know, various perspectives. And so we didn't actually release though an episode until October of 2017 due to publishing issues. Wow. So yeah, it was a journey for sure. Just getting started, we had to really want it because it was like we kept going into, you know, roadblocks, if you will, through, you know, internet and whatnot. So yeah. So I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I think you want to that y'all were some of the first people to be in the podcast game because in Corpus, because it's blown up Mm -hmm. tremendously in the past few years. I don't even know how many podcasts there are here anymore. I'm just like, there's a lot. That's a good thing. For you know, sure. That's a good thing. I love it. I'm just like, dang, I need to get caught up on everything. I know. Well, I feel like there's something for everybody. And what I really mm-hmm. enjoy about y'all's number one, y'all are some of the most. And, and so for those of y'all who don't know, and you should, Crystal uh, co-hosts the podcast Revolve One with her brother, Rudy, and they just have the best mm-hmm relationship best chemistry you guys are just so real with each other i mean it's just one of those connections that oh yeah not everybody has with their siblings and you guys are i mean from the get-go you can just tell how genuine you are how much you care about what your guests are talking about or what the subject is Mm -hmm. and i am just incredibly impressed with y'all's entire layout the entire method behind it and so how did you guys decide to go with that approach because i feel like y'all talk about some very difficult topics at times Y'all can keep Mm -hmm. it lighthearted with other, for instance, the trash talk that just the series that you guys just started is is incredible and slightly lighter um, that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so how did you guys decide to like uh, approach podcasting from that perspective? Okay, well, initially, like I was saying, we definitely wanted to um, be very inclusive and very um, intentional with everybody that we talk to and, you know, getting as much difference perspectives as possible and diversity and who we talk to. So that's what kind of um, like, that's what engendered that wanting us to create the platform to be very um, inclusive and to be very um, authentic too. So then after I think it was I want to say like a year or so into podcasting, maybe even a couple years, we decided, hey, you know, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Let's be a little bit more instead of just so interview based. 
we kind of wanted to bring these topics, if you will. Um, that's where Trash Talk kind of came about, and that's where Revolve Her, you know, I much like Revolve Lean Ladies, is, yes, is an all, you know, uh, you know, women cast, you know, with me being the host. Typically, sometimes I have a guest host, and I'm just kind of, you know, a guest myself. So, and, you know, as well as the, if I'm honest with you, all that good stuff. We decided it'd be good to have a little bit more structure, if you will. Mm -hmm. And really, that was my brother's idea. I was kind of like about it. But at the same time, I was like, uh, you know, because I like keeping things open. But then I was like, you know what? No, we definitely need some more structure. Mm -hmm. So for sure, it was something that we wanted to do um, that would help us talk to even more people, if that makes sense, but with more of an idea in mind. Right. And and so that's something I really appreciate about you is that, um, you know, there's no stone left unturned, I feel like, in your conversations. Like, there's a lot of prep. Uh, I listened mm -hmm. to um, the first trash-talking episode with Tina LaCochina, who's incredible. <laughs> and, and She's amazing. She's so amazing. And y'all with her is so amazing. And um, Oh, man. It's hard for us to keep quiet. I mean, we're just constantly <laughs> laughing and yelling, half yelling. Oh, my gosh. No, it's perfect. And it was such a great episode because y'all talked about some real things that people are thinking about quite regularly in this day and age. Yeah. And for y'all, to the way you approached it, because y'all vented your frustrations and then, you know, managed to throw in, like, some positivity that I know wasn't forced. It was 100% genuine. And so mm -hmm. I feel like it's just most reflective of y'all. Plus, I feel like your social media, your uh, website, everything is just cohesive. It all makes sense. I mean, y'all have playlists that are representative of certain episodes or certain themes. And so I feel like you're not just looking at it from one aspect. You're looking at it. It's multifaceted. And so have you always mm -hmm. been that way when approaching your art? Yes, we've definitely always tried to look at, you know, the bigger picture and really get, um, I mean, you know, when you're podcasting, you're really trying not to focus on just one thing or even just one guest. Of course, when it's like a spotlight interview, you're focusing on that one guest. But it's always good to talk about, like, I feel like as much as you feel needs to be talked about. So that's kind of how we've always viewed our, you know, platform, how we've always viewed podcasting. And honestly, when, when we first started, I mean, you should have seen how nerve wracking it was for me and how nervous I was because I didn't think I was very natural at doing this if that makes sense mm -hmm. I thought oh I can you know create content and I could do this or help with that but like it, I was just diving in to be honest with you I said fuck it I mean my brother's gonna be here we're gonna do this together I love it that's the best way swim, that's the best right? way yeah. yes so yeah we've definitely always wanted to you know to do do our best and and show who we really are while also lifting up as many other you know as many other guests and people as we could as well as our listeners yeah, and you're definitely succeeding in doing that. And so I want to go back a little bit. So you are a writer and a poet. Okay. And has that always been a skill that has come to you naturally? I would say for the most part, yes, because when I was younger, I've always been very creative, but I would do a lot of like drawing and a lot of like art here and there. But then when I turned like, I want to say, pretty much like after 10 years old, like 11 and 12, I, I really got into writing more. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I have not had the best relationship with my parents on and off just because, you know, once you get to that age, you kind of start being a little rebellious and, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, trying a, a little bit different stuff. I'm not even saying like anything crazy, but like kind of just, you know, being in your room more, you know, sure. kind of just mouthing off more, if you Absolutely. will. So. <laughs> and my mother does not like that, as, you know, most parents wouldn't, right? So we would kind of butt heads a lot. So if you will, I guess my writing started from me just trying to express myself and not just always trying to yell at my, my mom or my dad or even my brother, you know, because you don't know how to really take in all those intense emotions when you're that young. Mm -hmm. You're like trying to figure it out. You're trying not to get grounded. You're trying not to get <laughs> stuff taken from you, you know? Yes. So I just started, you know writing in a journal about, oh, I can't believe her, and, you know, this and that, and just going off. And it went from like little, little journal entries, if you will, to more of poetic writing, more prose and stuff. So I guess you could say it really did come naturally to me, but only because I was such a frustrated <laughs> preteen <laughs> and then turning into a teenager, right? So I, I guess maybe I should be thankful that I didn't always get along with my parents because it ended up really nurturing that writer in me, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like contrast serves a purpose, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people 
would probably grimace at that because nobody wants to go through, you know, trying times. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're able to make it through it and channel it in, in ways that you have or, you know, whatever way it may be, um, then you're able to uh, typically make something really good out of, out of it or learn something. And so that actually reminds me of, I, I think it was your first Revolve Her podcast, where the main topic of conversation is how do you process your emotions? And Mm -hmm. that resonated with me a lot because I'll be 35 in December and I'm still, you know, reminding myself, it's okay to feel this. Don't run from this. You know, how are we going to work through this kind of thing? And do you feel like you learned that early on? Because I feel like that's a skill to acquire, to learn how to deal with difficult emotions. Honestly, um, and thank you for being so transparent with me because I love that. And you do not look at all. Like you're 34, by the way. I had no idea. (laughs) Wow, I had no idea. Um, I really did. When I was younger and even a few years ago, I had a lot of trouble processing my emotions. And I still do to an extent, but I really, I feel like now that I'm becoming a little bit more mature, not just, you know, mentally, but emotionally again, I think it's gotten just a tad easier. And when I say a tad, I really do mean a tad because there's like maintenance to this. Like you have to be willing to let yourself be uncomfortable. And I was really not okay with doing that when I was younger. I thought, oh no, just, you know, go out and have fun instead or, or just do anything but, you know, think about how you're feeling right now. Go sneak out, go for a joyride, whatever, right? I just didn't want to sit with that feeling, you know, that heavy feeling. And when I was younger, um, I kind of wilded, <laughs> I kind of wilded out. I'm not going to lie. No, like, that's I was okay. Like a, I was a perfect student in high school. Like my parents never had to push me. I was constantly getting good grades, you know, varsity soccer. And then as soon as I was yes, in high school, girl. It's, me yeah, too. it's like, it's like my mother disowned me and I'm totally okay with her. We're on good terms, but like, we just, we, it got even worse when I was, you know, that age at 17 years old. So if you will. God, I'm losing my train of thought, but I'm not. It's that tequila. Okay, emotions, right? Emo- <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good. I'm telling you, it really is. But no, so yeah, I really, I, I really learned through all that trial and error and and frustration and and even getting in trouble with the law, et cetera, et cetera. I really learned how much I have to be okay with these so like quote unquote negative emotions and heavy feelings and uncomfortable emotions, even if you will. So I think nowadays I can I can be better with that. And I've been a lot more intentional with being mindful and practicing like gratitude and even meditation when I can. Absolutely. But man, it is it is an uphill battle. And I know you know this because. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it really isn't. And I feel like women feel it that much harder. And we're we're constantly being thrown under the bus for it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, so sorry that we have these. Not that men don't, right? Men do. It's just mm-hmm. sadly, you know, they're very much um, pushed like to suppress. not even. Yeah, they're yeah, totally suppressed. They're, exactly. And that's terrible. And it's so funny that, what's well, not funny, but it's ironic that women on the other side of the spectrum are usually more open to expressing their emotions, yet we're still like demonized for it, Absolutely. for being so sensitive, you know? So yes. it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? Right. But um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how I'm, I'm literally, I just turned 26 August 1st. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm, I'm like just figuring out how, how I need to take care of myself more, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. I'm like just fully grasping that for sure. Trying my best to, you know, continue that if you will. Yes. I mean, it's so important and it's funny because so I'm the opposite. So, okay. Essentially I was also a very good student that liked to fuck around. Um, also <laughs> like I was not a perfect child by any means. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah. We are also good now. But, um, I, <laughs> when I would experience deep downs, <clears throat> I was incapable of suppressing. So I would just fully envelop the emotion in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, I wouldn't come out of my room for a whole summer kind of thing, except for like, mm-hmm. you know, the the bare minimum kind of interactions. And um, 
and as I've gotten older, while I've realized it's important to feel your emotions and go through them, you can't get stuck in them. And I think that was my thing. Rather than pushing them off, I was like hugging them and carrying with me, you know, mm. th them with me constantly. And so I think, you know, as women, as we, we get older, we realize being able to experience emotions and our intuition and, and trust it is, um, is a superpower. But you just have to like wield that power with responsibility. Definitely, definitely. Because I feel like, like you were saying, that was a lot like how I was when I was like, you know, 16, 17. I was more identifying yes. with those heavy emotions and, and wearing it almost like, you know, a badge, which don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, it's not bad in a sense. But at the same time, I shouldn't feel like, oh, I'm always going to feel this anxious or I'm yes. always going to be, you know, it, it just that does that's not healthy, you know, to always mm -hmm. feel like that. So I definitely agree. And so when did you realize that what you were writing was something that while on the one hand it was some, a way for you to process, but it was also something that could potentially help people if you shared it with them? Well, okay, so I know when I had first like really shared um, my poetry, not so much just with, with everybody else, everybody kind of knew I was a writer, so to say, but when I shared it with my brother, he was like blown away that I was writing so much, right? And and it was funny to me because I thought, what? Well, it's not a big deal, right? I just enjoy doing this. It's a hobby, whatever. But of course, we had already started the podcast, and he was like, "No, like this is great. Like, why don't you?" Share oh, it was that this? recent. Wow. I mean, that's when pretty much right when we started the podcast up, like I started like really starting to be more comfortable with being like, "Hey, you know, like we share content with each other." Well, look, this is my new poem wow. or whatever, right? And he was he was just tripped out, like. Like he had an idea, right? But he didn't know I was that into it, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I told him that and he was just like, you know what, like, let's like, let's do something with this. And then that's when I started realizing just how much I use writing to cope, you know, because I'm not going to lie, like my family, both on both sides of my family, we have, um, you know, we deal with a history of mental illness, of, you know, we have mental health issues. So we thought, you know what, what a great idea to not only put my own original work out there, but to connect this literature and poetry with mental health and how it can help not just me cope, but others cope. And maybe some people don't even realize that they're doing this involuntarily by little blurbs or blogs or, mm -hmm. you know, if you will, just kind of creating and not even thinking about it, free writing. So that's what we decided to do to to amplify that, to, to bring it on stage, you know, and I got to I got to be honest, that was like the most I've, I've done plays when I was younger. I was in theater arts like I didn't necessarily have stage fright, but sharing my own original work and yes. me being in, in such a vulnerable place because a lot of those poems were not very happy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I just came out of some legal troubles as well so it was kind of ironic that i'm over here just sharing it all on stage and my parents were actually at that first poetry night so i had to wow. talk about not just like read the poem to everybody there but he had to ask me questions almost like i was being you know psychologically you know interrogated if you will yes. uh, it was terrifying it was terrifying but i knew that i was going to be able to do it that i had support behind me and that it was going to be it was going to be what needed to happen, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. in order to show everybody that this is very possible to cope in this way, you that, know? Wow. Yeah, I can't think of any. <laughs> Just thinking about it is making me nervous laugh. Exp ex yeah. Expressing. It was a big deal. Yeah, it's huge. Expressing your deepest maybe darkest thoughts, dark emotions, um, revealing to others like, mm -hmm. hey, I know you see this person that seems, you know, good for the most part, but there, there's some darkness in here. That's oh, yeah. uh, super vulnerable. Oh, and I thank you so much for sharing that with me, but also so powerful. Like, how did you feel mm -hmm. after fir the first time? Honestly, I felt I felt on top of the world because I thought if I can do this, if I mean, the podcast is one thing and recording and, and that takes a lot of guts already. But to be that vulnerable on stage in real about life, some of the, exactly. And about some of the deepest and darkest thoughts and parts of my life was like, honestly, it was pretty life changing because I didn't think. It was going to go that well, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, people are going to not boo, but they're going to be like, oh, that was all right. Or I don't know why she would write it like that. Or, you know, I was thinking all these weird negative thoughts or even like something could go crazy because mental health is such a taboo issue, unfortunately. Even so now, I in 2020. 
Exactly, exactly. And so like, I was thinking all these crazy thoughts. I think I only really shared one with my brother where like, I was letting him know just how nervous I was. And he was like, you're gonna do great. I'm gonna be right there, you know? And so I was like, okay, I got this, you know? And he was, you know, my biggest supporter and still is, as you already know. Mm -hmm. But man, it was, it, it really did feel good. It was like this cathartic release that I probably will never have again in that in that aspect. Like mm -hmm. I'll have it in little spurts, but compared to like that very first time, it was it was insane. Man, and uh, I applaud you for that because not very many people could do that. I mean, everybody has the capacity to, but I don't know if that many people would put themselves in that position, but you just believe in it so much. And I think people caught on, like, this is where I need to be. This is this is the kind of place where I feel seen and where I can say what needs to mm -hmm. be said and, and um, know that it's safe. And so... What happened after that? So you realize like, hey, this this shouldn't be a one time thing. This should be something we do regularly. Yeah. So afterwards, I mean, everybody I was blown away with everybody's response. I mean, people just started clapping and standing up for us. And I just thought, oh, that was semi depressing. Right. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it was us being real and it, we ended on a lighter note. So that was good. I think my last poem was the most uplifting, if you will. So. It, it felt great and people were automatically coming up to us to be like, hey, thank you so much. Like, that was a great show. Like, and they were just like, when is this going to happen again? Like, when do y'all usually do this? And Rudy and I kind of looked at each other like, well, like this was our first time. So we were kind of just trying it out. We really don't know, you know, and they were like, well, please, like, we really want to come to the next one. Like, keep us posted. So like we were getting so many of those same responses that my brother and I were like, well, damn, we're going to have to do this again. You know, it was kind of like a spontaneous like let's just go for it kind of thing and it ended up being like people like legitimately i have to tell you this there were so many people at that first poetry night and they were just gonna because it was so heavy if you will mm -hmm. of a poetry night they were the sunroom and the exchange they were going to close the doors and they actually did so that it was more intimate because they still had the regular restaurant and dining area available right um they, they had to start turning people away because there was too many people in that sunroom which could hold at least 50 to 60 people mm -hmm. um comfortably and then some people were upset not very many but we did say like hey we're not gonna have time for any kind of open mic because originally there was a miscommunication we thought there was going to be a band like oh, directly after us okay yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, some people communication is not their biggest. Uh, yeah. Oh, even uh, there's yes. not their, their greatest strength. You I'm, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I understand that we're all human. I get it. So yeah. um, so some people were actually kind of upset of select few that they brought their work to share and they thought they could, you know, do an open mic. And actually, now that I think about it, since we were cleared by management, like, hey, there's actually not going to be a band tonight. Like we, you know, mislooked. Y'all can go ahead and open the stage if anyone wants to share. So I think we even had an impromptu like short open mic sesh like the first open night. Mic night after yes after that yeah and it was wow. crazy because we weren't thinking that was going to happen I mean only so many people shared but it was like so cool that like a good amount of people that went weren't just going for me and to hear my poetry but they really wanted to share too so we knew we absolutely knew right then and there that we're like we're gonna have to do this again people are upset that they didn't have like more mm -hmm. time to share you know so definitely we were like we're gonna do this again we're gonna figure it out we'll keep y'all posted so it was really exciting yeah I mean if you think about it you guys created an opportunity right because I'm sure it's crossed people's minds you know I, I wouldn't mind expressing this to others but how, how would mm -hmm. I go about it and then not only did you go up and express your own which of course is like making people be like okay she did it I can do it like you led the way mm -hmm. And then opening the mic up for them. And then I'm sure that I can understand why some of the people may have been upset because they like probably like mentally and emotionally prepped and didn't get the opportunity, know. you know? I felt so bad. I no, that's like, oh not your gosh. fault. Like, I think at one point my brother was like, he had like looked out because the, they have a lot of windows there in the sunroom at the exchange. And he saw this girl that like had papers in her hand that looked so upset. And we felt terrible because it's like, it's not that we didn't want her to share. It's just that wasn't the point of yes. that first poetry night, you yes. know, initially. So, yeah, we felt really bad that we may have, you know, unintentionally upset some people, but we definitely, I think, redeemed ourselves. Absolutely. After that, we decided to, you know, not just have a poetry night, but to have quarterly held poetry nights that all have a different theme. I um, saw that. I love the love. We the had theme. Of the dreams. So, yes. And, and we always let people know, hey, you know, it doesn't even have to be your original work. You can share one of your favorite pieces 
Um, it doesn't even have to fit the theme necessarily. It's just we kind of wanted to do that to be cool, right? So, well, and to, like um, encourage yeah, it, it was maybe a lot of fun. Yeah, kind of give people an idea, if you will, mm -hmm. like a mini writing prompt. Uh, and it was cool because, you know, the exchange was so gracious to um, let us do that to be the venue. And we never charged people. It was always a free show. It was always open to the public. I think, if anything, we always just asked if, you know, hateful language or or speech that could incite violence be left out. And sometimes if we had mature themes, as in like love or even dreams, we would kind of let people know on our social media, hey, you know, it's open to the public, but you may not want to bring kids, you know? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we would try and be very, you know, communicative about that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important whenever you have public events um, because you just never know who you're going to rub the wrong way uh, unintentionally. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just one of those things right. you have to be careful for. And exactly. so you guys started the Poetry Nights in 2018. Is that correct? Uh, actually, yes, you're right. So our first ever Poetry Night was October of 2018. Mm -hmm. And then y'all October. La the last one for now was in January, February was in February of this year yes. and the theme was peace right peace exactly oh, i uh -huh. feel like i mean how uh what's the word like telling right like i know foreshadowing right yes. because that was before all this civil unrest happened and i told my brother i was like because we had another theme in mind and we were kind of going between you know peace and this other theme and i told him i was like bro i really feel like we need to focus on peace you know mm -hmm. i feel i really feel like it's that time and he's like okay we'll do it and and then it felt like so i mean crazy yeah because not even what not even a, a couple months later mm -hmm. i mean not even right it was like yeah in may is when i believe whenever you know the shit hit the fan um with, definitely with george floyd rest in peace and rightfully so yes. rightfully so because there is a lot of you know past trauma and there's a lot of grief there there's a lot of anger there i can't stand when people ask why the rioting why the destruction of property oh my god it's like don't even think about think about that somebody's life was lost yes. and that so many other countless people's lives are lost due to this you know to to if you will like i can't I, it's so hard for me to grasp but yes. basically that they are targeted, you know, mm -hmm. that they are seen as lesser somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying to everybody, but I'm saying to these people, to these officers um, that right. should not be officers that right. are you know, committing these atrocious acts. Yes. A lot of and, people forget that that's why the Black Lives Matter movement started was because of police brutality, in particular exactly. towards black people. Um, exactly. Yeah. They turn it into... <laughs> to something entirely different. And I was listening to your podcast with Tina LaCochina, again, the trash talk one. Mm -hmm. And y'all were like, I can't even get my thoughts straight because I'm just so, I don't understand. And, and I wanted to join in with y'all and be like, right, mm -hmm. I cannot grasp how anyone in the world, I, everybody thinks differently about things, whatever. But about this... How can anyone possibly have a yeah. different opinion? It just makes... It's maddening. It's maddening. That's the perfect yeah. way to describe it. No, I and know. I'm still I'm it's you know, we're still reeling from it because it's still going on. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, you know, they've been arrested and they've been or at least one officer has. Right. Um, and they've been charged accordingly. But it's like, no, they're still going to give him a slap on the wrist compared to what, you know, a civilian would get, you mm -hmm. know. So we're, we're going to keep following that for sure. But it's it's something that has started a revolution that needs to just keep going and keep growing. So we're yeah. definitely a part of that. It, I mean, it, it is. I mean, despite the fact, because I work with a lot of conservatives, um, which is fine, mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> fine. But, Takes um, another shot now. <laughs> but uh, they're currently, they're like, all this is going to stop in November because nobody's going to have anything to complain about anymore. I'm like, y'all are out of your minds. I was like, I People guess it's, out of their minds. it's been going on since then. Just because you're not seeing it in the news doesn't mean it hasn't been going on for the past exactly. two and a half months or three months. Exactly. And uh, it, I mean, it's just one of those things. And so something else, I'm going on all in crazy circles, but it keeps reminding you're me good. of stuff that y'all share. So on your Revolve One podcast Instagram, you shared a post about how to, de how to determine fact from fiction which I think mm -hmm. is so important in all of the information that's disseminated right now, because there's so much what from both sides being supported and still not all of it is accurate or completely fact checked. And yeah. tell me more about why you guys decided to share that. Okay. So we definitely know um, there is a 
okay, so there's obviously pros and cons to having the internet, to being on social media. We get information so fast, and it's usually an overload of information. Well, we know that there's different news sites that it can be biased. And we also know that a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to take these facts at face value. They're not really going to do their own research. They're not going to double check. And that's why we're having so much, I mean, confusion between these conversations that we're having about Black Lives Matter, that we're having about police brutality, and, and it goes on and on, right? But, like, my brother really wanted to put that in my head again, too, that he's like, you know, we shouldn't be sharing anything that we haven't totally and thoroughly looked into ourselves. Exactly. And I even made a mistake of sharing something about, I believe it was a suspected officer that started, you know, um, I guess vandalizing, if you will, that started breaking stuff. And it seemed plausible, but I really should have done more research and fact checking myself because I was just angry at that yes. point, to be yes. honest with you. I was just angry because it seemed like that's exactly what would happen with all this unrest going on. So I went ahead and took that post back, or I think I edited it first, and then I took it, I like took it back, I like deleted it because I was like, let me go ahead and repost something that was like I should have fact checked that. Yeah. I don't know exactly. And thank what you happened. for I'm doing gonna... that, right? Because some yeah, people can't acknowledge yeah. the fact that oh, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to be very transparent and very honest about that because it's like you know I. I like to be very thorough and I like to do my own research, but in that moment of just straight like rage and frustration, I shared that thinking like, oh, that has to have been what happened. But it was so quick. It had already, it literally happened, I think the day before that my brother looked at me and was like, Crystal, I know this means a lot to you, but you need to go back and follow that story and make sure that you're not just like basically throwing this, this officer under the bus, right. Mm -hmm. Without, you know, so I, I, you know, took his advice and, and he was telling me how he listens a lot to NPR. He's a big NPR fan. Um, and how they were talking about just how much misinformation that we get on the internet and even just on social media. I mean, you'll li literally just be scrolling and you'll see article upon article, you know? Yes. So we definitely, as you know, as our own platform and as journalists, if you will, and reporters mm -hmm. ourselves, we're really trying to be transparent about what we do know are facts and what we don't know. And we're trying to be, of course, completely unbiased. We support what we support and believe what we believe, but we're right. not trying to force that on anybody. Right. So he's definitely helped remind me of that. And it's a lesson in, hey, you definitely need to always do your own research. You don't want to take anything you always want to double check things because it's not pretty when you're trying to argue with people over the internet mm -hmm. and it's like, you don't even really know what you're talking about, you know, and yeah. that, that's not fair to anybody. Uh, no, that's, so. that's exactly right. Um, and thank you so much for saying that. You know how I, that can go for sure. Right. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. Um, by the way, I just mm -hmm. got the, your internet connection is unstable. So we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how oh, that gosh. goes. Uh, okay, we should be okay. No, but we're good. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, we have. We still have about twenty five minutes left to talk, so I think it's going to be great. Okay. Um, awesome. But right, because everybody's so impassioned about what's going on, and and rightfully so. Um, and then I feel like we, because I, I believe we're all we're on the same side of this issue, that um, we need to be even more prudent and more careful about what you know mm -hmm. what I mean because. Even still, there, there's so many people in positions of power that can, just don't understand. And when we are vehement about things without verifying their accuracy, that can just, you know, be completely unsupportive of what it is we're trying yeah. to do. Um, so I, I love that. I love that you're telling everybody to proceed with caution. Um, keep moving forward, but make sure to do, do yeah. your due diligence. So I really appreciate that. So I want to know more okay. about what your first podcast episode was like, because I know what my mine was like and <laughs> it was fine. And I talked to a, someone I knew, so she was very patient, but you know, it's, it was awkward as hell. And so how, how did y'all's go? Yeah. Well, that's, that's funny. You asked that. Um, we were in a really weird place, uh, like literally living situation and mentally and emotionally at the time, but we were so ready to release this episode. So we did it. Um, this was, you know, right after 2016. And so that was the election year. That was, there was a lot of, excuse me, there was a lot of, uh, pro marijuana legalization talk. Right. And I think even a lot of states at least legalized 
for medicinal use mm -hmm. and even some states for recreational use. So that was a big year for marijuana. And I was super excited about it because I do like to partake in some herbal um, medicine from time to time. For sure. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was funny, though, because I was actually on probation at the time and we were in my parents' house recording. And so we literally had to be like quiet on the set because we come from a very loud family. <laughs> so like it was hilarious. I love that because my brother my brother had to go and remind them, hey, y'all remember we're recording over here. So try to keep it down. And then you can hear my mom laughing two minutes later at a TV show. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. And we're just... Anyway, we got through it. Um, I was actually I was super excited to create the content for this episode because my brother's like, I hope you know this is in a, you know, this is your ball field over here. And I'm like, yeah. So I went and did as much research as I could. Um, I had links and stuff. Of course, my references are sources, if you will. And um, that one was definitely more structured, but we felt like it needed to be. Mm -hmm. But of course, my brother and I being siblings and being silly, we were still pretty, you know, lighthearted and silly when we could be. Um, so that's probably still one of my favorite episodes because that was totally raw. I mean, there was no editing. In fact, at one point, my brother brought up the fact that I hadn't been, I was completely sober and I was, you know, it was this, what was it like the seventh month or something? And he threw it out there and you should have seen the look on my face. I was like, cause there, there was no editing. We had no idea how to edit. Then. Right. So it was like, this is it there. <laughs> so it was like a raw reaction of me being like, oh yeah, bro. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks and for that. He was like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Anyway, it was it was great. It was hilarious. Um, it was definitely humbling, too, because we had an idea now of how we should do things. The the intro, this, that. So, like, it was definitely an experience and and we loved it. And I still stand by that episode because it is a legit fact that that really did happen in 2016. There was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on for pot and politics. So. Yeah, well, I mean, what a, what an opener, though. Like, I think that that's yeah. a fantastic way to start a podcast. Um, right? Plus, I'm all about the, like, grassrootsy approach. Like, if you've listened to any of mine, like, there's very minimal editing. Like, I'm so, like... So I heard someone refer to it as being very punk rock. Like there, there's no editing really on my hey, podcast. Just fucking release. I know. It. Just <laughs> <drop> that shit. <laughs> just no. put an explicit. Exactly. Just put an explicit warning. <laughs> so I, I, I dig that, um, and I, I love that you hold that episode so close to your heart. And plus, it's like you guys kicking it off, you know, and and y'all really expressing your dynamic and recording it and sharing with others, which I think is mm -hmm. amazing. And so oh, something yeah. else that I love. Um, so first of all, the name Revolve One, I want to know how you came up with the name, but then also your, what would you call it? Like your slogan? Cause the world goes round and so should you, I just dig that. And so how did y'all, how did this come to be? Okay. So that's, I, that's a great question because I love the, asking this question. The slogan definitely plays into the name, right? So originally my brother and I were really thinking about it. We're like, okay, well, we want to, you know, include as many people as we can. We want this to be super collaborative. Right. And we want to lift people up. And so we were like, well, you know, just like how the politics like of the election year of 2016 was so like chaotic and divisive and terrible. Um, just not unlike 2020. constantly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Constantly, you know, condemning each other for this or that stance, whatever. We want it to be the complete opposite. So we thought about, okay, well, what does the world do, right? This is going to sound so corny, but it revolves. And so my brother's like, well, we're most likely going to be sitting at a table when we're recording. And what do you do when you ask somebody something? You kind of go around the table of, you know, talking to each other. So that's the reason for the name, if you will. Um, we're perpetually going around the table of different ideas, various perspectives, and we're doing this to start an ongoing conversation with our guests and also our listeners. So that was our main goal, right? Um, and it's funny because it was originally only supposed to be Revolve podcast, mm -hmm. but then I think we had some trouble with the domain and like even just getting published because I think there was another podcast or some other website with that Revolve, you know? So my brother's like, well, let's, let's do something with this. I still want Revolve. So I looked at him and I was like, what about Revolve One? And he was like, so thrown off. You should have seen the look on his face. He didn't, I don't think he even liked it at all at first. Yeah. He was like, ah, I don't know, like why the one? And I kind of just looked at him and I was like, well, bro, we're all one human race. We're mm -hmm. all living on this one world that's mm -hmm. revolving around the sun. Like, let's just do it. Screw it. And so he's like, okay. He's like, I can get behind that idea, right? So that's how Revolve One was birthed. 
And so the, you know, the reason for the slogan is exactly why the name is what it is, you know, because the world goes round and so should you. So let's all just, I guess it's supposed to be positive, if you will, positive spin on it, because, you know, when you just keep living life, even as disheartening as it can be, as chaotic as it can be, if you just keep going, then we're going to, you know, figure this out together. We're all in this together. So I think that's kind of what we want people to remember subliminally is that, you know, you should just keep living. Keep breathing, keep going, keep revolving. And, you know, the world goes around, so should you. So keep, you know, keep on keeping on, if you will. So I think that was what we really wanted um, for our name and slogan is to have that in there. Well, I love it. And I don't I didn't even realize you guys had a slogan. And so I until I started like digging a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and I love it because it puts it in perspective, I feel like, because, I mean, when you reference the world, you can't help feeling like you know, while what's going on around me is important, like ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, there's much more, more to this life kind of thing. So I really like it. I think it gets the point across exactly what you're, what you're trying to express. So well, well done well, on thank that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love how y'all's, <laughs> y'all's brains work. And so have you and your brother always been this tight? Like I'm, I admire this so much. And sorry if I'm putting you on blast, so, you do not have to answer. That. No, you're <laughs> okay. good. You're good. That's a loaded question. Sorry, uh, when I was younger, I, I couldn't really stand my brother, but that's only because he was still very much a teenage boy and I was, you know, a young little girl, his little sister. So he loved WWF wrestling. Mm-hmm. Back we when it was WWF. Exactly. We were constantly fighting and not like to the point where we're actually hurting each other, but, you know, play fighting. And a lot of the times my brother's actually eight years older than me. So he would be, you know, my babysitter a lot. He would be my caretaker and he was pretty much my mentor growing up. You're going to think this is hilarious. But even when I was five, six years old, my brother was writing me up for shit. Like if I was already in school, literally, you can you can confirm this with him. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing for me. Right. And for him a little bit, too. But oh my God. he would legit write me referrals. He would be like, oh, no, you're being too loud. That attitude is getting too much here. Go ahead and sign here. I'll keep what track of the... this and we're going to do better, right? I'm so serious. I'm so serious. And so, and, and it's funny because he would even, I'm getting off track a little, but he would be recording himself on cassettes. So I remember one time when I was little, he brought me into his room because he wanted me to be a guest star and he made me sing this stupid song. But anyway, <laughs> I it love funny. it. It's a fun time. So yes. I guess you could say we've been podcasting, if you will, when it was just a Walkman and a cassette tape. But, um, yeah, then, so I really didn't like my brother when I was younger. Oh, he makes me eat vegetables. He choke slams me. I don't, I don't like <laughs> That's him. That's such he like a... So, yeah, he could be so mean, but I realized, you know, that he was really just being playful because I was never actually hurt. You know, if anything, I started getting bigger and growing up and I started kicking his ass. There right? you go. That's what's but, up. Um, exactly. But then as, as I grew older and so did my brother, I really hit that emotional block with my parents, like I was telling you. So he would be the mediator a lot. I mean, he was he was awesome because he was so calm and collected and I was the exact opposite. I mean, I was feeling these intense emotions for like the first time it felt like my parents were going off in the background, yelling at me in English, Spanish, I mean, my God. And so it was it was a lot, it was very frustrating. And I even dealt with, I mean, this is pretty personal, but when I was younger, I dealt with self-harm for a little bit not to the point where it was like I needed to be hospitalized, but definitely to the point where it's like, okay, guess what? We're having a family meeting. So Mm -hmm. that was very awkward. And I tried to voice my concerns as much as I could. And of course there was tears and there was awkwardness and a a whole bunch of different things. But it was really good that he felt it was necessary for us to have that conversation. I wasn't going to be a 13, 14 year old girl being like, Hey, guess what fam? We're having a family meeting. I do this when I feel really sad or whatever. So he was the pioneer in in not just making things awkward, if you will, but making things very honest, very transparent and and being I love the bridge that. to a better understanding. So like my brother has always been my biggest mentor, my biggest motivator and inspiration. So I guess you could say that through all that dark, all that darkness and all that family feud that he has been my rock. He has been my foundation. So that's probably why we're just so tight. Even when he went off to college and stuff, like I was constantly like texting him, calling him, asking him for advice and so on and so forth. So that's, I guess you could say that's how that came about. It's just how crazy our family dynamic is, right? Like a lot of families. So I'm just very grateful that he's my brother. Yes, that is, I mean, I 
so I only have brothers. I have an older brother who is also eight years older than me, and I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me. And it's as though we were much closer when we were younger, and as we've gotten older, we've, we've you know, gone, we communicate, but not, you know, regularly. And so mm-hmm. I, anybody who has tight relationships with their siblings like that, I admire because you don't hear about it too often. And I mean, how do people respond whenever you're like, yeah, well, you know, we're brother and sister and we do our thing. Are most people surprised? I think they are. And it's funny because I know growing up, like when my brother and I would hang out and like go to dinner together and stuff, I guess because, you know, we were already a little older then that we looked like we were together and it mm-hmm. would be the weirdest thing because I remember one time going to Olive Garden, shout out to Olive Garden, right? I used to work there too. I heard that. <laughs> God, that was hell. <laughs> but, but you know, it helped out for a bit, right? For sure. So it was interesting. But I remember this, this waitress being like so weird, like barely giving me eye contact, being really like polite and sweet, but mostly to him. And I'm just like, what the heck? And then I thought about it. I was like, oh my God, she probably thinks that I'm with him, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell her, I think he was already engaged at the time. I wanted to tell her like, sis, go for it. Like, <laughs> I did it, right? Cause I was like, that's super weird. But, but you're I told such him- a little sister. That's such a little <laughs> sister move. It's so funny because I looked at him and when we were walking out, I was like, bro, do you realize that that waitress was like trying to flirt with you the whole time? And my brother's so oblivious. He's like, what? He's like, so? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she hardly even looked at me. I think maybe when she took my order was the only time she glanced at me for like three seconds. And so it was just the funniest thing to me. So, yeah, people are pretty surprised um, when they know that we do a podcast together. It's like it throws them off. But then they're like, oh, that's super cool. Like, it's very wow. cool. But, yeah, I guess you could say we definitely think alike, but we also have very different perspectives when it comes to different things. So it, it works well. We mesh well, usually. Right. And so, I mean, I've pretty much been solo on this podcast, right? I mean, it's typically just me. I've had a guest host, I think once, maybe twice. I think I, he- I, think I heard that episode. Was it with Courtney? <laughs> yes. Okay, that yeah. was awesome. I really love that episode. It's a good way. It's a good episode. Um. Yeah. And so Emily, who was my co-host, like didn't say anything, which I thought, I, I mean, not much. I remember, I remember you called her out too and she was just like in awe. She wasn't even mad. She was just like, I'm just so glad to be here. It's like, yes, that's how it feels. You know, it feels so like inviting, but also like a little, you know, nerve wracking. So, For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, man, you know, the when it comes to having a co-host, I feel like you have to have like a special kind of. I don't know, like back and forth or what do you call it? Mm -hmm. Rapport. And so you and your brother, it sounds to me, had it from the get go. And so it wasn't really anything you had to adjust too much. Yeah. Well, honestly, I maybe I'm too critical on myself, but I really felt like I was more in the background in the beginning. And that's maybe because I was still overthinking it. I was still really nervous. But like is the more that I, you know, kept podcasting and and interviewing people, especially and then Revolve Her really brought me out of my shell because my brother was like, okay, bye, you know, Mm -hmm. for the most part, um, I really felt I started to get more and more comfortable in front of the mic. So it's been a it's been a, you know, learning experience, as I'm sure you know, and a growing process. (laughs) But like, I'm all for it. You know, like if I can say that I was better even from the last time I recorded then mm-hmm. we're doing something right you know so I totally agree and uh yeah it's it's um something else when you're listening to your voice go back right and you're like I say fantastic or absolutely all yeah. the time exactly. constantly exactly it's, and I know I've already said if you will like five different times I I'm like if like, you will mental count. I'm like How <laughs> I said that I already said that Stop. but I Stop like it that. because I don't I don't know I feel like that's a that's a nice addition it's better than an um or a like or which I'm guilty of both of those uh so how has 2020's coronavirus pandemic affected your podcasting and your poetry nights well, it's definitely put a damper on a lot, but we've really tried to um, to adapt, right, as best we can. So we've really just been doing like Zoom interviews, um, Zoom recordings, which is great, right? It's awesome that we're able to do this mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Poetry Night, it's been super disappointing because, man, we had something big planned um, in June, actually, of this year that was supposed to play off of Pride, right? You celebrate Pride in June. Yeah, and thank you and for all the shout-outs and, and attention for Pride and other, um, yeah, you know, for sure. uh, organizations the, like that. 
you know, LGBTQ plus community. So, and so is my brother. So we definitely feel it needs to be, you know, highlighted as much as possible, especially Mm -hmm. within our own community. But yeah, it's been, it's been super frustrating. It's been, you know, disappointing. And we've had a lot of people like reach out to us and kind of be like, you know, when is this going to happen again? But they're also pretty understanding of, you know, everything that's going on. So we're kind of just like, well, we'll, you know, keep y'all posted. We're definitely going to, as soon as it's going to happen, like it's going to be a really big deal. And hopefully it's going to be obviously a lot better um, case wise. You know, we want it to be, I mean, pretty much zero cases like okay. for how many days. Right? So we you actually be... have like a like guidelines for y'all for when mm-hmm. you want to have another event. I mean, loosely, because we obviously want to proceed with caution. We want to err on the side of caution. So that's really what we're I trying agree to with do. That. Um, we're, we're all about, you know, trying to be considerate of others and trying to be as empathetic as possible. Um, so yeah, we're definitely trying to keep updated within our own community, especially what's going on with these cases and, you know, the rate and whatnot. So hopefully the, as soon as we can, you know, as soon as it's safe, then we're going to be able to do it. But for now we're just holding off. So do you think it's going to be like pride? um belated or are y'all gonna kind of try to maybe do something different and then um when the next pride comes around then celebrate it your Um, next event well actually let me let me mention something right here the elephant in the room i'm sorry it is getting darker on me oh no worries i I did notice that but yeah yeah all i have is the natural lighting so my brother did was like it's gonna it's gonna like dim on you and i was like that's fine but the rest of the lighting's weird so no, we're definitely planning on on still doing Pride, but in a different sense. Um, it's going to be more over the podcast, and I believe we're going to do something too uh, more virtually, maybe a virtual event that we're going to partner, Ooh. I believe, with somebody. So that's going to be a lot of fun, but it's still kind of like, of course, in process, right, in the works, um, or in progress, rather, sorry. Um so but we're excited about it, but it's still like it feels just all up in the air. Right. But that's just how this year, this whole year has been. So, I mean, it's been fickle. Right. To yeah. say the least. It's that's been, a very it's been, beautiful yeah. and nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. It's been chaotic. It's been, you know, everywhere. So we're trying our best to stay positive and to adapt. Um, there's nothing like getting up on a stage and pouring your heart out, you know, in front of a live audience. But at the same time. We have been encouraging people to still create, to still write, to still share their work however they can, or just keep it to themselves and wait till they can get out there on that stage, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to, to you know, adapt as, as best we can and just stay positive. Yeah, I feel like y'all's social media has been such an encouraging presence throughout this entire, I mean, the year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not only are you guys on the up and up with current events, but you also managed to throw something in there about, um, you know, people, you know, not being afraid to be vulnerable or some sort of encouraging message about, you know, when you believe you deserve it is when you're you know, going to go for it or whatever it may be. <clears throat> and also touching on, you know, um, like the different civil rights, uh, you know, organizations and movements going on too. And, and I just appreciate your posts incredibly. And also something that I think people maybe don't know, but, but should be aware of is that you guys have a Patreon, which is something I've been yes. considering and I want to know more about it. So tell me what it is and how people can get involved. Okay, so our Patreon page, we actually um, got linked to that, I want to say, like, a good year or so ago, like, probably a year and a half now, and we were really excited about it, and we put some exclusive content on there, I think some videos, some pictures, but then we kind of left it, we kind of left it alone, right? So mm-hmm. we're like, ah, so we, we decided, you know what, let's revamp this, let's, if people want to be patrons and, you know, support us in that way, then let's give them something to support, right, on this sure. content-wise. So we have exclusive content on there, everything from, you know, some more pictures, recent pictures, some some little videos. And I think even actually um, a part of an episode that was like exclusive for patrons, mm-hmm. if you will. So that's that's funny because it was I think Rudy's. Well, it's a reading for Rudy. Let's just put it that way. If you want to be a patron, you can find out. But even <laughs> even recently, oh, right. Right, teasing him, let's tease them. Recently, we decided to do something different. And that's to have discord chats and i think you can literally be a patron for as as little as two dollars like it could be a one-time you know little gift 
or it can be, you know, recurring. Mm -hmm. But for as little as $2, you could actually have a one-on-one Discord chat with Rudy and I. And the last time we did it, it was our first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was our first (laughs) time doing that. And it was so cool. Like, it felt so, like, like, dang, like, this feels legit. Like, we were having a little bit of technical issues at first, but then once we were on that call, it was like, it just, we felt so connected, you know, Mm -hmm. to our listeners, our supporters. And so it's awesome. We're definitely going to keep doing that. And we're going to keep putting some awesome stuff on that Patreon. So that way people can support us that way. And of course, just support us by sharing the podcast and, you know, staying, staying in touch and staying in contact with us, if you will, through listening and sharing. Absolutely. And it's so easy to do because y'all are just always talking about something that I feel needs to be shared and it's being shared or it's being discussed in an authentic way. I mean, you guys are so Mm -hmm. genuine. Um, I mean, I can tell like just from I think I briefly met y'all at that whenever we all, all the podcasters got together at A&M. Yes, and I was like so excited to meet you. I was like, I felt like well, I, I saw you walk in. Like, I know I saw you walk in. I was like, I know who you are because I'm awkward like that. And just rather than be, yeah. you know, uh, polite, I'm like, hey, you're Crystal from Evolve One. Hi. And then run away. Um, which is kind yeah. of what happened. But I could tell from, I mean, just from listening to you guys, how genuine you are. And I just appreciate that because it's easy to, you know, whenever people are putting content out, it's it can sometimes get easy to become lost because you're trying to do what someone might like or what, you know, the masses yeah. may uh, prefer. Or exactly. Should we not put this out there? Is this going to be too offensive yes. or et cetera, et cetera? Exactly. And that's not y'all. And I, again, like appreciate yeah. that like tremendously. So, so we thank definitely, you. thank you so much. We love going against the grain. We of course understand that there are some very sensitive topics and there are some very, and y'all heavy, have touched on them. Wow. Yeah. And taboo topics, but that's exactly what we want our platform to be about. You know, we want to be able to talk about things that people aren't necessarily talking about that need to have, you know, we need to start these conversations. Mm-hmm. No, they need to be normalized because a lot of people, you know, well-meaning people doing their best and that are feeling these certain kinds of ways feel awful you know like no way how could i ever tell someone that having kids Mm -hmm. uh what is it to be honest having kids is bittersweet or whatever yeah exactly Uh, if i'm honest with you if i'm honest with you you know i'm not even a parent and i and i know that that having a child is such a huge responsibility and that you're giving a piece of your life to this child so that you can raise them they can you know be nurtured and grow appropriately so yep. it's like, yeah, it's it's a big deal. And I applaud all parents. And I know you're a mother. Yes. So I applaud you for not only being an amazing podcaster and content producer, but you're I'm sure you're a great mother. Thank you and so, so much. Yeah. And, you know, I can just tell how authentic you are and how chill you are that I'm sure your your kid is probably like, I have the coolest mom ever. And he's so right. You know, thank you. So, thank you so much. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. I admire parents. Anyone who has more than one kid. So like your parents and my parents. Wow. Yeah. Anyone who How has more than one it? kids, y'all are, y'all are wild. Y'all are <laughs> yeah, wild. wild. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think is so unique about your podcast. Cause I admire, you know, anybody who's doing it, anybody who's producing a podcast, interviewing anyone, or even just discussing a topic amongst the, their self so much uh, praise, but um, you guys are just, again, tackling like really tough topics and doing it in such a way. I mean, not everybody can do that. And I just hope you realize that's, that's a superpower. I tend to like W guy my guests with superpowers. <laughs> that that's y'all uh, am, amongst others. Yeah, amongst yeah, others. Yeah, no, we have all our we all have our own magic, right? So yeah. we have to remember that, and you know, obviously realize that first, right? But it's good to be reminded. Most people just need to be reminded of that. So I, I appreciate thousand that. Thousand percent agree about the reminder. And so, where can everybody subscribe and listen to your podcast? Well, we're definitely on a lot of platforms. We're on like Google Podcasts, you know, Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. I think even recently we just joined um, Amazon Podcasts. Yes, I remember y'all announcing Uh, that. Yes, so that's a thing. And then I think we're even pending on Pandora. So we're definitely trying to like, yeah, put us out there as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to Revolve One. And y'all be sure to subscribe, right? So you Mm -hmm. don't miss an episode. And rating and review really helps out. And Um, I I love that you encourage people to review because I I believe that y'all take them all to heart. Yeah, Um, yeah, we love reviews. And y'all's website. It's remind me what your website is. It's revolveone.com. So you go on there and there's definitely like little blurbs about us, right? Our bios Mm -hmm. and like 
even um, getting in contact with us. There's a feedback option. There's a contact option. Um, it's, it's really cool. Like there's not like a crap ton on there. We definitely didn't want to like overload people, but there's definitely enough like content on there where you're kind of like, okay, I have a better idea of like revolve ones like story and, yeah. and how they kind of came about and who the hosts are. So that was our, you know, main purpose with that. And it, and it looks pretty good too. So y'all should check it out. It looks really good. And I also liked on there, you actually uh, mention what your favorite episode is. And I think that that's really neat. Um, Cause that to me can give people who are interested a starting place and what a great episode mm -hmm. it was with Lisa Wisner. Um, yes. She is fantastic. I mean, she's, she's forever. One of my like legit, like, personal superheroes because she is always on the go she is always making it happen and i've always told her this but she's forever an inspiration and, yeah. I, and I know she knows it right absolutely she's, she's all about empowering people so yeah. i love it there's a handful of people like her i mean it, you know she she's a, a true original and so i know you also wanted to talk a little bit about the tedx at cole park happening next month Yes, definitely. Thank you for reminding me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's happening next month. And we are super excited about it. Actually, let me pull up something. But my brother is he's been interviewing uh, not only the organizers in the first episode that we've put out about it, but also the speakers. Um, he's been interviewing the speakers, which he did actually last week, we released that episode. And so that way we're getting to know the speakers a little bit more other than, oh, what's their topic? What's their name? What's their topic? Right. right. So that's really cool. And he's actually a speaker himself. That's so awesome. I'm like super excited. I am super excited that that's going to be happening. And it's going to be because of COVID, um, they decided, you know, we, they really wanted to do it at Cole Park yep. and have all this merch and this and that. But they just decided, you know what? It's too up in the air. There's too much going on still. So you know, to err on the side of caution, they're doing it totally virtual. I think that was a good move. I think so, too, because it's better to be, you know, safe, right, rather than sorry. So it's going to be here. Let me double check. I know I think it's on the 16th, 17th, that, actually. Okay. So, yes, TEDx Cool Park. It's happening on the 17th. And we actually have all on our social media, for sure, our Facebook, but also I think our Instagram, too, and Twitter. We have the links there to register because you can register for free. It's a mm -hmm. totally free and virtual event. So no, you know, health concerns, none of that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's all kinds of different topics. And let me just say again, I am super proud of my brother for, for putting himself out there. He was like, you know, he's a great public speaker. But of course, even he had some kind of like hesitation about it. He's like, ah, I don't know, will it be like a good enough topic? Will there be other people? And, mm -hmm. and he got it. And I knew he was going to get it. And it's going to be super local. Like, in order for you to be a part of TEDx Cole Park, you literally have to live in Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be all local speakers. And I think what better way to, you know, hear from your community and, and learn more about Corpus Christi through its residents than this this type of event. True. So, so it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. And so, yeah, guys, on uh, at Revolve One, is your Instagram handle podcast? Yes, yes. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure. I'm I know. There. I'm the worst at remembering people's I, handles. I am. You should have seen me like the first two seasons of Revolve One. My brother would be like, so what are we on? And I'm like, Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. I'd be like, whoa, you know. Okay, so. Because I know yours is at Revolve One Crystal and then Rudy's is at Revolve One Rudy. And that's their individual Instagram accounts. Yes. So let me let me go back. I'm like, how am I? But I know on whenever uh, she tells us her handle. So if you go there, there's a link in their bio and that gives you you click on that link and that takes you to yes. a link tree mm -hmm. with links. And to it everything. is at Revolve One. You're okay. right. It's pretty simple. Okay. So it is at Revolve One. Just wanted to double check that. Yeah. And then I believe our Facebook is actually uh, forward slash reach revolve. So that's the only one I believe that is different. Twitter should also be Revolve One. Excellent. Yeah, and so there, once you hit their link tree, you you have access to their website. You can um, hit up their uh, so whether it's Spotify or Apple, um, whichever uh, medium you prefer to stream the podcast, you can do that. And um, mm -hmm. you there's also the link for the registration for TEDx. So it, it's like all of their information there. So I, guys, check it out. Revolve One, um, some of the most authentic conversations, informative and non-biased, um, offering many different perspectives. They're an incredible um, podcast here in Corpus Christi. One of the first, if not the first, but um, 
something that, I mean, you guys definitely just kind of kickstarted the movement. And I appreciate you so much, Crystal, for meeting with me on a Friday night and just talking to me that this was just such a badass time. And I just can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't wait till Poetry Night comes back. Can't wait to listen to your next episode, which drop, they drop on Thursdays, right? Thursday morning. Thursday yes. morning. Uh-huh. If anything, we might actually be releasing maybe more than one episode a week just because we're trying to really get all these TEDx speakers um, on the podcast and interviewed before the event. Mm-hmm. So we might have some some extra content, if you will. But um, for sure, just, you know, subscribe, you know, stay, stay up to date with Revolve One. And I want to say thank you so much again. Brittany, for having me on. We really think the world of you. I mean, I was, I couldn't think of a better way to spend a Friday night, honestly. Really, we really do appreciate what you're doing with your podcast. Thank lifting you. Up, you know, the ladies of Corpus Christi locally, and it's, it's wonderful. I know you even do bonus episodes too now of mm. just people you think are great, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily just ladies, but the gentlemen. Yeah. So that's, that's really awesome. And, and we really do appreciate the love, the support, Absolutely. I love sharing y'all's episodes. I I really do. Because I mean, people really do. People need to be listening. So, yeah, you know, we have to be lifting up our fellow creatives. I'm so sorry I'm disappearing on you. No, no worries. No worries. I'm still I'm still here. I I promise. I'm about to just grant you three wishes or something. That's how I feel. I'm like, oh, my God, I look like a freaking ghost now. It's almost spooky season, right? So I, know. I guess this is appropriate. I'm digging it. Well, thanks again, Crystal. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your night. Bye.